Welcome to episode 48 of Contested Catch. It is time for our week five opportunity buys and sells with Kyle Singer. Once again, my friend, this is our second episode that we're doing this segment. I hope you guys tuned in for last week's. We had some really good calls in there. We're not going to look every week and see how did we do from the previous week because these are not necessarily one or two week buys and sells. These are season long guys that we think are going to do better than they're valued at right now. So week four went pretty well. And we are back for week five. And we have some really interesting ones this week as well. We're doing more wide receiver and running back focus this week and a little bit of tight end, a little bit of quarterback as well. So with that said, Kyle, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Will. Thanks for having me. Um, I made a new purchase, got the uh, the official podcast set up. So hopefully I'm sounding better than I did last week. Um, but it's good. The bills are 4-0. I got another fantasy win, so I can't complain. I'm, I'm doing well. Good stuff. I love to hear it. Uh, and I love to hear the microphone as well. It sounded good for you, my man. Before we get into it, let's just re, uh, reiterate what The Rock is because we're going to be referencing it a lot. The Rock is the receiver opportunity composite score. So you hear us call it The Rock. You'll hear, hear us call it The Rock score. We'll talk about some rock stars. Those are the guys that are really good in rock. But basically, it is a single metric, one metric to rule them all, as I like to say. Um, it is a measure of opportunity. So it, it is a composite score of a lot of different uh, opportunity metrics compiled into one score that is generally 1 to 100. It's important to look at opportunity rather than just production because opportunity is going to allow us to predict production uh, in a better way than just looking at past production would. So, Kyle, I think it's time for us to start. Um, You know, you've been pouring over the opportunity numbers again this week. Let's start with the buys for wide receivers going into week five. So, first up, uh, Adam Thielen. He's number three in, in the rock score right now. Thielen's got a 34% target share, which is number two in the league. Um, he's also got a 44% air yard share, which is number one in the league. So that opportunity is, I mean, it's just screaming in your face. I know he's coming off of a big game, but I still like him season long. I think the emergence of Justin Jefferson is actually helping him. He's coming off of two back-to-back 100-plus yard games. And another cool thing about Thielen is he has six red zone targets already, and the next highest on that team is one. So I'm loving Adam Thielen uh, season long. I kind of liked him going in. I thought he was fringe wide receiver one territory, but yeah, I think he's uh, he's definitely there. Um, I'd be happy with him as a wide receiver one if I got elite running backs on my team. Yeah, I like Adam Thielen as well. I'm not going to dispute you there. Who is uh, who's your number two guy? So number two, A.J. Brown. Um, recency bias is not in his favor. He's got that bone bruise. We don't have a whole lot of sample size to work off of because he only played in week one. But in that week, he had a 20% target share, 24% air yard share. And if you use his rock score from week one and compare it to the four-week sample size that we have now, it would put him at wide receiver 23. So I don't really know what's going on this week against the Bills. If that game happens... If he's fully healthy, we don't really know, but I do like him as a buy. I think people are low on him, and if you're sitting in a good position, you can go ahead and get him, and he'll be good for you down the stretch. I'll, I'll make a, a slight bear case for A.J. Brown here and say that, uh, for one, there's a lot of uncertainty about the Tennessee Titans organization and, and um, I guess, immediate future in terms of playing games and with all the COVID outbreaks. So with that said, um, 
I'm a little bit worried about AJ Brown. Also, I mean, he's limited practice participant this week. Um, but you know, like you already acknowledged, it was a small sample. So we saw incredible efficiency from AJ Brown last year and we needed the volume to catch up. I'm not necessarily saying he's not a buy, but I'm not as uh, high on him, I think, as you might be. One of the things is like a lot of people are thinking that, that, you know, he's hurt team team is dealing with COVID issues, but I kind of see that as an opportunity where they already had their bye week now. So if you're getting him, I mean, aside from injury and whatever else is going on that we don't know, he's not going to miss any more games for you, you know, ideally. But, um, you know, most people are low on him. And Corey Davis just put on the uh, the COVID list, so could see a bump in uh, target share there. That is a good point as well. Um, all right, so who is your third wide receiver buy for this week, my man? My last one's, uh, he's an unsexy name, but a sexy rock star for sure, Robbie Anderson. He's sitting, he's at 10. He's got a 24% target share, 32% air yard share, and seven red zone targets. I think he has one touchdown right now, but seven red zone targets. I think he's bound for some positive regression in the touchdown department. Um, He gets the Falcons this week, and DJ Moore is looking less and less like the wide receiver one, high upside wide receiver two that people were thinking preseason. And it looks like Robbie Anderson is actually going to be the wide receiver one on that team. I think he's absolutely in consideration for being a buy because I think some people are going to look at it like this is a good time to sell Robbie Anderson. I'm getting a lot more than I paid for him most likely. But with that said, I mean, the op- you just can't deny the opportunity. I think one thing that really stands out is he has seven red zone targets, like you said, and DJ Moore has one. Let's move on to your wide receiver sells now. We're going to stay in this position group and just wrap it up here. Um, who is the first wide receiver sell that you have? First off, I'm going to start with uh, Dallas and that's CD Lamb. My main argument before I go into the statistics is we're not going to see Dak average 420 plus passing yards a game. He's not going to average 50 pass attempts a game. So all of this, and and I mean, all this garbage time that they're getting in these late second half comebacks, I don't think that's going to be sustainable moving forward. Um, But CeeDee Lamb, he's 50th in the rock score. That's worse than Hunter Renfro, Scotty Miller, and his teammate, Michael Gallup who I do think is a buy low. CD's got a 14% target share and 16% air yard share. So he's not seeing a whole lot of action, but he's, he's very efficient. He's scoring touchdowns. He's coming off of a two touchdown game. In fact, I just think he's a sell high right now. You make a good case for him. I think that if you are going to buy CD lamb, or if you just are, are not going to sell him, I think the case is pretty simple and that's you're betting on talent as the, what, what looks to be the second or third option in one of the most explosive offenses in the league. The volume is fantastic coming out of Dallas right now. It seems like it's going to continue that way going forward. Dak has looked fantastic as well. So if you have Dak and you've got CeeDee Lamb, I would not give up that stack right now unless you get a good deal. Um, I think the the real thing also is that, yeah, there's a, there's a discrepancy between Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb's uh, production so far. And that's with very similar rock score slightly in Gallup's favor. Um, but there's also a discrepancy in talent there. I think CeeDee Lamb is one of the most talented uh, players already showing that um, in the NFC as, as a wide receiver. He's just an absolute baller. He was my number one wide receiver in this class. So with all that said, Kyle, I will respectfully disagree with you. And that's just because I'm betting on talent as a share of this great offense right now. That's fair, for sure. I just, I'm on the volume side and the fact that he's only get a 
a 14% target share with over 50 pass attempts per game. I mean, I know that's sitting at about seven, but even if that goes down to 40 pass attempts a game, which is still high, then he's at like five and a half per game. I think he's averaging like five catches, a little over five catches a game. So I don't know. I think it'll come down, but I, I do understand it's a high octane offense. You definitely want a piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Who's your, who's your next uh, wide receiver sell? This one's tough too. I'm going to get some hate for this. Um, it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think first off, I'm not saying sell Tyreek Hill for like a wide receiver two. I'm saying if you can get wide receiver one value, if you can buy Devonte Adams low on a buy right now, if you can buy Michael Thomas low on a buy, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying or an elite running back, but he's 18th in rock and we all have him as a wide receiver one. He's only got an 18% target share and he has four touchdowns through four weeks, which we don't think is going to hold. So I don't know what's going on also with COVID and in, in this game this week, but Tyreek Hill is a big name. He's a great player. I love him. I'm not saying sell him for, for garbage. I'm just saying if you can get an elite player back for him, I would definitely consider it. I, I actually don't disagree with you here. I think, well, in the sense that um, the volume that he's currently seeing is not that great. I mean, it's not what we expect for the the name of Tyreek Hill. And, you know, Sammy Watkins has been the uh, most targeted receiver for Kansas City three out of the last three out of the four weeks so far. Um, what I will say is a very similar argument for the CD Lamb, and that is that we know this player is talented. We know this offense is amazing. I think that the real argument here is that you know what Tyreek Hill's capable of. We know that he's healthy right now. We know that Patrick Mahomes is healthy right now. So I'm basically arguing don't panic because the volume might not be there quite yet, but who's to say that it won't be there you know, next week because history says that Tyreek Hill is matchup proof, basically anything but injury proof. Um, but that's a, that's a fair argument that you made as well. That was your second wide receiver sell. Uh, who is your last one? My last one is definitely one that you're going to disagree with, I believe. <laughs> uh, and that's DJ Chark. So right now, well, first off, he missed basically two games. Um, and he just came off of a huge two touchdown, eight catch performance. I think he had like 28 fantasy points, but he only got a 16% target share. And again, when these guys are scoring a touchdown a game, I don't think that'll hold. Chark has three, three touchdowns in three games. I don't love the offense at all. I think people are going to start to see there's, I mean, I don't think Minshew's all that great. I still like him, but I'm, I'm selling him after this huge performance. So that's, that's a fair uh, case to make because if you were going to sell a player, you want to do it right after they have a big week, right? If you just look at week four, he was seventh in rock overall. Um, he had a 44% air yard share and that was 10th in the league. And he had 124 air yards, 21% target share. I think this is much more consistent volume that we should expect for Chark going forward, as opposed to what felt like an outlier start to the season. Maybe it was just growing pains or, or Gardner Minshew, for whatever reason, was looking more of the way of Keelan Cole, um, some Chris Conley, and obviously LaVisca Chenault is uh, deservedly getting a lot of looks as well. DJ Chark is a wide receiver one in this offense, and I don't really see uh, this level of volume as unsustainable. He saw nine targets. 21% target share feels about right for him. Um, maybe, you know, plus or minus a couple percentage points there. And the air yard share is really what was surprising because he was so efficient on the the looks he did get in the first two weeks before going it down. 
um, two red zone targets, and that's how he scored both of his touchdowns as well. So to me, I think DJ Chark is not a sell. I am a big fan of his, and I think that, you know, barring injury, this guy should continue to produce. All good points. You might have convinced me, but uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I do want to finish up the wide receivers by giving a couple, uh, you know, lower tier guys to look out for um, as buys. My first two are Russell Gage and Tim Patrick. If they're a, if they're on your waiver wire, Patrick probably is. Russell Gage shouldn't be, but um, I like both of them, especially this week. So take a look for them. I wouldn't probably trade for them unless it's like the last guy on your bench, but Hey, maybe. And then, uh, two cells, just see what you can get. Odell coming off of another huge game. I don't love him season long. See what you can get, you know? And also Julio Jones. We don't know what's going on with that injury. It's a big name. See what you can get. That's all I got to say. Okay. Um, so moving forward here, let's move on to the running backs. Kyle, who is your first running back by going into week five? Jonathan Taylor, number one, uh, great rookie running back for the Colts. One of the best offensive lines in the league. He hasn't, he hasn't been getting the production that we expected. Um, especially after Marlon Mack went down, people were thinking, Hey, this guy might be a top 10 back. And he has been underproducing that significantly, but I think there's a lot of positive regression coming for him. He's eighth in carries in the league and sixth in red zone touches behind you know one of the best offensive lines i think his time is coming and look at him now if you if you want yeah the the thing that's really concerning for jonathan taylor is that a he hasn't been that elusive um which is just kind of strange that's definitely not what we expected um and b he's not seeing more than 50 percent of the snaps so far um he's in a he's basically in a committee with naheem hines and jordan wilkins right now I think if you're going to bet on talent, Jonathan Taylor's a good guy to bet on because he's really good. We've already seen him flash early on in his, in his career through four weeks. So, yeah, I'm totally fine with him being a buy. I just I would just say this. It's not as cut and dry as you'd think because he really isn't getting all the usage despite – or he's not on the field as much as you would want for the amount of usage he's getting. Like He's got a really good uh, percentage of, of touches and based on how many snaps he's getting. But – it's just a little strange. I'm not sure, you know, maybe this is an outlier for first four weeks. Maybe they're still kind of phasing him in, but Naheem Hines hasn't gone away yet and he is still getting a lot of receiving work. Yeah, that's all. Those are all fair points. I guess the only slight rebuttal, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor's Alvin Kamara, but we see how much run Latavius Murray gets and Alvin's still the number one player in fantasy football. So just that idea that that's a possibility, even with, such a low snap share. But first off, I mean, talent wins. I think preseason, a lot of us were thinking Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are going to be in a committee and then Jonathan Taylor is going to win it over like week six while Marlon Mack goes down. The committee's still there. I still think Jonathan Taylor will win this backfield and it's just a matter of time at this point. Fair enough. Um, who is your number two running back by this week? The next one's Kareem Hunt. Love him. <laughs> it's unfortunate because everyone's probably high on him. The, I just feel like I got to put this in here for certain leagues. If if someone has him and they're not high on him, you get him. Uh, right now, I think he's a top five. Uh, let me see. Actually, I think I have him uh, as a top seven running back until Nick Chubb comes back. I have Alvin, Zeke, Dalvin, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and CEH slightly above Kareem Hunt over the next six weeks. 
but treat him like that. I mean, he's an elite running back on the, one of the best rushing teams in the league. And like, he's an exceptional talent. He's already seen a 9% target share and that's going to go up with more opportunity. He was hurt last week and still had a great game. That's why he didn't get, you know, as many carries as we thought, but I think he's actually going to take over more of a bell cow role than we're expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's a really good player. Uh, I was all over him this summer for this exact scenario, not touting, you know, it's not like Nick Chubb was an injury that I predicted or anything like that. But I do think that it goes to show that getting a guy that has weekly utility, but also has big upside in the event of an injury is generally a pretty, is pretty good process, especially if you're going mod zero RB route, because now this guy, you can play every week and there's a chance by, you know, for at least a chunk of the season or by the end of the season, you might have a league winning type player, uh, you know, if things shake right for him. So I'm totally on board with him as a buy. I think you're probably right that it, the window, you know, I would have said that he's probably a buy based on how much of volume he was getting next to Nick Chubb. And now without Nick Chubb, I think like a uh, top 10 running back. Okay, good stuff. So who is your number three running back? I love Josh Jacobs. I think I'm not saying buy him this week. I'm saying monitor him over the next two weeks and then make your offer. He's got three weeks in a row of like right around 10 or less fantasy points. He obviously blew up for three touchdowns in week one, but the talents there, the team Gruden loves him. He uses him, and he's getting way more receiving work than we ever could have thought preseason. He's got a 12% target share and he's a true bell cow back. So I think he's a buy after the next two weeks. You got to watch him, um, talk to the owner, see what, see what he wants. But I love him. I think he's, he's definitely uh, right around 10, RB10 for me. I'm, I'm less optimistic about Jacobs. I was kind of a hater of his going into the season. Um, and unfortunately, so far, besides week one, I really thought I was going to have to eat crow after week one. Um, two against New Orleans, he looked really good. Uh, 27 carries. However, this offensive line is banged up. This offense isn't very good. They're not running through him like you'd want. He, he has a pretty stable receiving flow right now. I mean, he's got uh, three catches in three out of four weeks and then four catches in week one. So at least there's that. However, um, you know, there is a lot of talent here. I'm just not sure that this offensive situation gets good enough for him to make up for it. I mean, you could make a similar case for someone like Miles Sanders, but I'd say this. Miles Sanders, at the very least, is getting much better receiving work. He's also probably a pretty comparable um, player in terms of athleticism and, and, and rushing ability. Um, it's just a little strange that Josh Jacobs still hasn't broken through um, this offense is so bad that, you know, if he's not able to score and he's not get, being used as the main pass catching back, it's a little shaky situation. I'm not uh, I'm not saying that you're wrong for labeling him as a buy. We know he's talented. He's gotten pretty good volume. It's just it's someone that I'm still a little cautious on. I think, uh, I mean, when it comes to the, the bell cow argument, Josh Jacobs, we saw him get banged up in that Monday night game against the Saints. He was I mean, he's got a little bit of a like a soft tissue injury history going right now this year which is hurting his his floor for sure and I mean he's obviously he's the most talented back in that backfield but one of the other things that I think we're overlooking is the wide receiver court has been banged up there's been no Henry Ruggs to stretch the field and your guy Brian Edwards didn't play against the Bills I know watching that game all all the Bills had to do was just stop the run and we had that game and that's I mean that's what happened and, and that's going to work but when 
when Ruggs and Brian Edwards come back, they stretch the field. I think the health of Jacobs improves and his rushing floor goes up. That receiving floor we love to see that's already beating expectation. If he maintains that, I think he is a buy. Yeah, you know, something that does go in his favor is um, Scott Barrett puts puts together a bell cow report on Twitter. That's at Scott Barrett DFB. Uh, his week five bell cow report has Josh Jacobs as the seventh best running back in terms of overall volume. So to your credit, um, there are arguments being made that Josh Jacobs is, is, is enough in terms of volume here. So, um, all right, good stuff. Let's um, wrap up here with running back cells. Uh, I got some buys later just to touch on. Um, I guess we can go now real quick. Just don't need to talk in depth. CEH, I think he's, uh, he's going to beat what he's been doing so far. Offense is too good. Um, he's a buy. And then Justin Jackson, look out for. We've got uh, Joshua Kelly has two fumbles in back-to-back games, or, or one fumble in back-to-back games, a total of two. Um, Justin Jackson's the pass catcher. I'll get more into the Chargers later, but I do like them, um, especially the pass catchers. But with the cells, I got three on here that are kind of, you know, just see what you can get. Um, I'm always I'm always saying that, just see what you can get. That's always the best advice. But Mike Davis, uh, his time is coming to a close shortly. CMC is a monster, and when he comes, Mike Davis will be phased out probably entirely. Um, and Davis is producing – RB1 numbers. So if there's a team that needs to win now and you're sitting in a decent position and you can upgrade a starting player moving forward for the rest of the season where it's significant enough for you to make that move, I think you you got to do it. Um, you know, obviously it depends. It's a case-to-case basis, but Mike Davis is not going to help your fantasy team out in the playoffs, but a guy that you can trade for and you can trade Mike Davis for very well could. Okay, good stuff. Um, let's uh, shift our focus now over to the tight end position. I know that we're gonna we're gonna um, talk a little bit about buys and sells. More on the buy side, uh, tight ends obviously a, a pretty strange. Uh, it's a onesie position. You only need to start one typically. So who are who's your first buy? I've really only got two two buys to talk about just for a second. Um, like I said, I was going to come back to the Chargers, and we'll start with Hunter Henry. I think that passing attack is just going to improve. Austin Eckler gone for the next six weeks minimum, it's looking like. Um, we love what we're seeing out of Justin Herbert, and rookie quarterbacks need that security blanket. I think Hunter Henry is just that. Right now he's 10th in tight end rock, but I think there's going to be some improvement there, and he's got already almost a 20% target share. Once again, I think that'll go up as well. Yeah, I actually think that's a really, a uh, really good guy to point out because Hunter Henry, we know, we know the talents there. Um, apparently, Justin Herbert is like great and is great for fantasy too. I actually was fading wide. Uh, I was fading Chargers players with the exception of Austin Eckler because I was worried about how Justin Herbert would look. And obviously, you know, I'm basically baking an uncertainty as opposed to just downright pessimism. But with that said, I mean, he certainly looks the part right now. I think you're right that the Eckler injury will boost Henry's uh, usage in terms of being a safety blanket, uh, being, a, being a check down type guy. But the other thing is we know that he's a red zone threat. We know that he's going to get looks over the middle and intermediate play as well. So that's a good call. Who's your, uh, who's your other tight end target? Uh, the next one is just Mike Gusecki. Uh, you can get him for dirt cheap right now. He's 
he's been awful. <laughs> uh, he's just not getting, he's not getting what we thought we were going to get out of him in, in terms of production. He is getting the red zone targets though, eight of them. So that's there. That's huge. And he has 24% air yard share. He's fifth in tight end rock, but completely underproducing at the tight end position. Wouldn't be shocked if he's on some waiver wires, honestly, after the past couple of weeks. I'm not saying trade a whole lot for him. Just keep your eye. And uh, if he does end up on your waiver wire, I would pick him up. I think he's worth it. But yeah. Yeah, Mike Kosicki is 31st in rock, despite putting up only uh, two catches for 30 yards combined the last two weeks. Like you said, eight red zone targets. Uh, he's still got a 24% air yard share, 16% target share, despite just having a slight, you know, down, um, I guess a down set of weeks here. I will say this, very few tight ends get the type of work that he gets as really more of a receiver out wide, uh, constantly on the field. I would still like Mike Isecki. And like you said, if he's on your waiver wire, he's definitely a worthwhile ad. Um, they're just, you know, it, it's maybe just a little weird blip in the radar. I think we've already seen what what is he's capable of with a huge blow up week in week two. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I think he is a good buy. Who is the, the tight end that you're selling this week? There really are no good sells. Cause uh, I mean, one of the things I like to base my buys and sells off of are, you know, obviously the recency bias. Cause that's how a lot of people think. Well, the only tight ends that really blew up were George Kittle, who you're not selling and Mark Andrews, who you're not selling. He was on my buy, my buys from last week. I guess I'll go to who I think is overproducing right now, and that's Dalton Schultz back at the Cowboys. I mean, I just don't think this is a sustainable rate that Dak Prescott's like throwing. And, and you know, if you're as high on CD as you are, and I think we we all we see the talent and the opportunity that Amari Cooper is getting, Dak is getting crazy work in the receiving game. There's just not enough for all of these guys to eat. I think Dalton Schultz is going to be phased out in this offense, um, but we'll see. Yeah, and another one to throw out there, just, I mean, chances you had him are very slim probably, and chances that anyone is going to really, really pay up for him at this point, maybe not really there. But Robert Tanyan getting three touchdowns, I think, shocked the world. Uh, yeah, obviously, that was crazy. The Green Bay tight end right now. He wasn't even supposed to be the starter coming into the season. Somehow beat Jay Sternberger out, um, third round pick from 2019 for that role. And keep in mind, without Devontae Adams and with Aaron Jones handling a, a smaller receiving workload than he usually does, Robert Tanyan went off. If or, if maybe you claimed him on waivers, maybe you picked him up because you're thinking you've got a bye week coming up or something. I don't know. I would say if there's something you can get for Robert Tanya and I would do it because I'm just not confident that that the talent, the production, any of this stuff is really going to be something we can count on going forward. So that's who I would throw in the ring there. Um, good stuff, Kyle. I think this was a really good list of buys and sells. Obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about the rock score. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to contessacatch.com forward slash rock. That's R-O-C. Uh, if you have any questions or need any sort of clarification on anything, you know where to find us at Contessa Catch on Twitter. And you can find Kyle on Twitter as well at CC underscore K Sing, built brand, obviously repping the CC there. Good stuff. Kyle, any final thoughts, my man? Uh, the last thing I just want to bring up with the running backs, um, I think we got to, unfortunately. If you're in a position where you're two and two, one and three or oh and four and you just lost an rb1 in nick chubb or austin eckler um, 
I'm not a fan of punting on the season. I think go ahead and try to trade him to a top tier team and, and get something so you can fight and try to get in the playoffs. It's a hard line to walk because you're going like, okay, basically I'm selling low, right? I know what this guy's capable of if he's healthy, but you also have to think if you're at all in a win now situation, having that guy on your bench is probably going to hurt you. Um, and the guys that are most likely to pay up, you know, maybe a little bit above market rate to have that guy for, uh, you know, the playoffs, like you said, are guys that are, that are already, you know, three and one, four and oh, that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a good point that you should absolutely be considering trading them. It's just, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's not something I'm great at. Um, so, you know, I can't really speak from, from experience on that one, but that is a good call, Kyle. Uh, you had a bunch of good calls this week and last week. I'm excited to continue to do this, man. I really think that this is going to help people, um, if not you know, with our direct calls, with at least with the process of, and the way that we're looking at things because we're trying to cut through the noise and identify what's really happening. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. And if you haven't yet, check out the Contested Catch-Up. If you would like more information on that, you can go to contestedcatch.com forward slash catch dash up. Um, that is our weekly newsletter that comes out every Thursday. And we're really excited about that product as well. So with that said, thank you, Kyle. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a great week. We'll catch you later.